Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Thriftwood Podcast. Hello again, and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. <laughs> I'm Charles. Still muted. <laughs> and I'm Chris. <laughs> and Linda, you're muted. <laughs> <sighs> and Linda's Linda. And uh, so, uh, unfortunately, Seth can't... Oh, oh, there's that noise again. There's that noise again. Is that again. me? Let me see. No. That's Linda. Linda. She must have a fan going. Okay. Um, I've got Linda muted. All right. So we'll proceed here. So we've got a fun episode, I think, to talk about. We're going to start off a little bit talking about um, a D&D campaign that I started running uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, how that's going. And then we're going to delve uh, into something, um, you know, uh, a little bit uh, darker for role playing, I think. So, uh, It'll be kind of fun, I think, when we get to that. So uh, first, uh, we will start off here. I'm going to show a, a quick little 45-second uh, uh, video of the uh, game room I set up. So I've never been a DM before. I started uh, running a, a campaign for the first time ever. And uh, so it's kind of a combination of um, digital and miniature action. So let me just show this game room. So we've got uh, in the center there uh, a large screen uh, TV that's showing some uh, digital 3D content uh, that's coming from Dynamic Dungeons, um, a company called Dynamic Dungeons. A guy creates a bunch of different uh, virtually uh, rendered maps. And um, so we were using our miniatures um, moving our miniatures on those maps and um take it you guys could hear me during the uh, the video plan right yes yeah yeah so we move our miniatures on the on that map and then uh, we're using a, a product called fantasy grounds to actually handle the mechanics of gameplay for us so you know combat when you get in combat and you're doing the dice rolls and all that sort of stuff uh that was all done in fantasy grounds and uh so it makes it um a little bit easier because you don't have to do your own rolls and add up your own numbers and you know gameplay you know especially combat slows down so much when you're trying to add up your your hits and your um, damages and considering condition effects and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it helps to speed up gameplay by doing it digitally. Um, and then the the three-dimensional um, 
overhead view maps that are being created really sort of uh, helps it be more immersive and helps add to the uh, experience, I think. I mean, what do you think, Chris, in our first first game? Yeah. Here? No, I really enjoyed it because the, the maps have, you know, flickering lights and all that kind of stuff. If there's rivers, you can see the water moving. Um, helps you kind of get immersed. You kind of know exactly what the landscape is that you're working with. So you can still kind of visualize uh, a little bit more where you're at, what the terrain you're kind of working with. So I think it's pretty awesome what, what you've managed to put together there. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, I mean, and, and the miniatures work real, real, real well. We can put them up on the, the screen and kind of move them around as, as need be. It's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so, um, and um, I basically, uh, there's a book I found uh, of um, on Amazon called Random Encounters, Designed for D&D. Um, and basically went through there and, and uh, picked an encounter that we're going to be getting into. Um, getting to that encounter has taken a little bit because um, I just didn't want to start it out the usual way a lot of them start where, you know, okay, you're all sitting in a tavern. And suddenly some dark guy comes in and and has some mission he wants to send you on and, and needs your help with something. I thought uh, I'd kind of throw that out the window and uh, start with scratch. And uh, so basically uh, there's five players in the game and um, I brought you guys all into town and there's three major tavern slash inns in the town and you're all split amongst those. Um, and they're all kind of unique, have unique uh, characters and characteristics. And uh, everybody um, in their tavern is kind of having a unique experience their first night. Um, they're basically come into the town. They're, uh, they're coming in. There's this event going on <clears throat> that um, I created uh, the idea for called Jostle Fest. Uh, the camp, the, the one-off campaign uh, that... Um, they're going to be doing, they're going to be uh, trying to help as Jocelyn, the Oathbreaker. But um, she uh, died about 100 years ago, and um, at least in my part of the story. And so she's celebrated for having <clears throat> saved the state of Termish from this horrible evil. And um, so every year on this anniversary, they have these these games, these competitive games in the capital called Jostle Fest. And, and everybody that's anybody that wants to make a name for themselves, uh, they come into the capital city and they register for and play in these games. And maybe it's, you know, wizard wizarding competitions or fighting duels or jousting or dinosaur riding, or it could be any of a number of things. And uh, my crew has come into this town of Regalia that's about a four days ride from the capital. And um, they um, believe that uh, the next day they're getting on a carriage. Um, and this carriage is going to take them to Alagon where they can compete in these games. And they, they have tickets for the games either to watch or to enter as competitors. And um, uh, there's a company that's handled all their transportation for them. They've got them rooms at the special champions club uh, big resort in in Alagon where they're going to be staying pampered to the nth degree um but they're going to find out everything is not quite as they as they imagined um uh, especially this first night when they got there and now they all checked in they got dinner in the tavern they all checked into their rooms and um some of them fell asleep and started having nightmares and two of them woke up in a completely different different place. 
the other three, <clears throat> as they entered their rooms, there was a huge flash of lightning. And then suddenly um, they're either meeting with their God or with a demon Lord um, who's going to be giving them instructions of some sort. So uh, when we when we rejoin the game this coming Wednesday, they're going to find out uh, exactly what all is going on there. And, uh, and there will be a, a few other things going on. Uh, I know, um, Chris, for your character, Eos, um, mm -hmm. he's been having, uh, uh, as part of the story, you've been having some what you believe are daymares. Um, you, you know, you have these visions that suddenly come to you and uh, you'll be finding out um, that these are actually visions of the future. They're not just merely, you know, daymares that that plague you. They're actually, stuff you're seeing that's coming down the road. So, right. So that'll be interesting because the rest of the characters don't know that yet. And uh, then um, Barry, he's got um, a character he plays that's a monster hunter, and um, he his uh, mother gave him a blade, which uh, he's pretty fond of. Um, and he's going to find out that that's a special type of elven blade, a moon blade, and he's going to find out it's got some special properties. So, uh, but he has to go through a, a little bit of a ceremony, uh, at the place that you guys are at in order for him to, uh, um, attach to that, that blade for it to accept him as its new owner. So, so kind of, of some fun stuff, I think, that'll happen this coming Wednesday. And then and then basically you guys will get on the carriage and start the ride to Elegon. And then that's where the fun kicks in. So or the more fun, I guess, if you like, yeah. uh, like battles and things like that. So that should be kind of fun. So uh, so we're looking for that. I look forward to that. But um, for those of you that D&D um, &D maybe doesn't have enough monsters and death and destruction and carnage um or chris as you were saying for those right for those that maybe you know are looking for other alternatives to dnd you know maybe uh wizard of the coast has wronged you lately with some ogl changes uh there's <laughs> right. another option apparently what's it called right and so let me just pop this up so uh morkborg um, is uh, a game that um, I started uh, last night. We had our session zero last night. Um, our my uh, friend uh, Benito Garcia is uh, DMing uh, this game, and um, essentially, like it says there, it's it really is a pitch black apocalyptic fantasy, uh, necrom full of necromancers, lost souls, uh, and backstabbing wickheads. Uh, I haven't met, I, I don't know what the wickheads are yet, and I'm kind of afraid <laughs> to find out, but um, I'm going to uh, share a little something here. So let me <laughs> this up. So I'm going to share uh, some of the characters. So when you play this game, you know, like in D&D, &D, you have different characters. You have, you know, wizards and sorcerers and fighters and bards and clerics and monks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and and you can be, you know, an evil character, a good character, chaotic, whatever. Um, well, all of the characters in Morkborg um, are disgusting in one form or another. They're all they're all bad. And essentially, Morkborg. The environment of Morkborg, the world, is an apocalyptic hellscape uh, where there's no sun ever gets through the clouds. Um, 
and you can't really trust anybody or anything. And uh, so I, I'll bring up uh, some of these characters here and um, read through them. Let me uh, pop this up. Okay, now let's see. Let me go. Let me see if I can share that now. All right. Uh, present. Share screen. And there we go. Okay, so this is one of the characters you can play, a fanged deserter. And uh, so this one says, um, I'm going to have to move a little bit here so I can read it better. Uh, you have 30 or so friends who never let you down. They are your teeth. <laughs> okay. Um, disloyal, deranged, or simply uncontrollable. Any group that didn't boot you out, you left anyway. But your parliament of teeth, those have those have stayed with you. Enormous, protruding, thick and sharp have always been your allies. And so this guy, you know, uh, he's got all kinds of abilities. He's built like a bull. Um, I love the part where it says, uh, let's see, uh, something about his intelligence is that uh, uh, he's he's uh, there are like magic scrolls in the game that you can get. And this guy is so stupid that uh, he, uh, if he gets a magic scroll, he either eats it or uses it as toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so now let's see let me go to the next one let's see if i can pull this up anymore all right so this one a gutter born scum um an ill star smiled upon your birth poverty crime bad parenting didn't help either in your community an honest day's work was never an option not that you ever tried what you are what are oh what are you uh, sorry, it's real fall, small font for me to try to see here. Um, what are you? Some kind of uh, mug? A razor blade and a moonless night are worth a week of chump's work. So um, I will just kind of scroll here. I'm not going to read them all. Uh, there's Esoteric Hermit. See that? I'm going the right way. Uh, yeah, Thing to Deserter. Oh, hold on. I got to go out to go back. So, oh, the next post. Yep. Yep. So, heretical priest is another option, a cult herb master. Uh, so, when you, when you pick a character for this game, you always pick two uh, because your character essentially is going to die. So, you want to have a backup so you don't get caught mid game with nothing to do. So occult herb master is my backup. A wretched royalty, uh, heretical priest. Uh, okay, now I got to go back to the next uh, post. Um, so these are pretty uh, morbid. Yeah, they're pretty morbid. They're pretty. Uh, oh, right uh, this one was uh, so Seth and uh, another friend of ours, uh, Tony. They both wanted to play the bone slave and because uh, he's uh, uh, says prisoner of flesh. No more. You roam the gods forsaken realms in your true skeletal form. No proof remains of what blasphemous powers granted you this freedom, but a faint voice echoing within your empty skull growing louder and louder by the day. So 
uh, you know, you have uh, these hideous powers like dark marrow, uh, rigor mortis. Uh, you have a bone to pick. Uh, so it's funny. Uh, our friend Tony actually got this guy last night. Uh, ended up with Bone Slave, and his weapon is a femur that he stole from another corpse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cursed Skinwalker. So Jenna is playing the cursed Skinwalker. Of course so, she is. Yeah. So in this case, um, she uh, she ended up with that, and she's trapped uh, in this body with another soul. Her and another person apparently died. Uh, their souls were somehow uh kept on earth and put into the same body and so they're constantly fighting one another um but she has the ability to change shape and uh she you have to roll for that and so she uh when she changes shape she becomes a bear from bergen crypt uh hulking and massive um it's got a thick hide so anything attacking it uh you subtract 1d4 from whatever damage it does and um her claws and bite deal uh, eight a D eight worth of damage. So she looks forward to getting in there and doing a little biting. It does take her one round to change into her bear shape, uh, but yeah, that's uh, kind of a hideous one. Uh, Dead God's Prophet, uh, Fugitive Knight. Uh, this guy's kind of a, a chicken shit coward. He basically uh, snuck up and slit the throat of a real knight and stole his armor, and. This is the one that I ended up with, the Lustful Inquisitor. And this one, this one's really disgusting, which I love. Um, a former maker, uh, a former member of the Inquisition and resident of the two-headed bath, basilisks in Galgenbeck, you have perfected the art of interrogation. However, your renown for breaking bodies has unfortunately not swayed your peers to elect you into a higher position among them. Years of mutilation upon yourself and others has made you deviant. All the tongues pried out, the chest cavities laid spread eagle, and flayed genitals, including possibly your own, has you abandoning your private chamber in Galgenbeck in search of the audience you desire, especially a screaming one. Jesus. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's my character, isn't that? Isn't that guy nice? And uh, my uh, my weapon is a beheading axe, and uh, and I torture people with a shame mask that has like uh, you know spikes on the inside. Uh, this is another one that I that I uh, would have been one of my ones to play, and I would have liked to have this as a backup. This guy's kind of like weird. He's got a bunch of eyeballs, and uh, he can pull out eyes and leave them places to spy on people. Uh, you know, uh, this one, I, I'm not sure what that one is. I haven't read the whole thing. Sacrilegious Songbird. Uh, one of the guys got this one. Um, Mike, he's playing Lord of the Flies. And essentially, um, he's just a skin sack that is animated by 450 flies on the inside. And yeah. So, you know, as you look at him, his skin ripples because the flies are underneath, you know, forming the face of the skin, his face and everything. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty disgusting. So, uh, anyway, last night was ju just session zero. Um, let me stop sharing this here. Uh, last night was session zero.
And so we built our characters and basically you roll for all your deviances and um, your uh, afflictions. So, for example, uh, a couple of the characters uh, you roll for affliction. Theirs was they were missing certain body parts and you roll for that. Wait, there's um, more afflictions? besides? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're missing body parts. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones were. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you have all kinds of issues. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things we were all saying last night at the end of session zero was that it was definitely the most interesting and disgusting character creation session any of us had ever participated in. <laughs> Sounds fun, yeah. Yeah, so it is. If you, if you like it dark, uh, you know, I was watching one youtuber uh when i was trying to figure out what this was all about and uh he essentially said you remember the satanic panic of the 80s when uh oh boy do i yeah <laughs> everybody was talking about how D D was going to get you into a cult when i was playing worshiping satan and all like that well mork borg is that game <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what, and, and I'm, I, I say this a lot because back back in the '80s, that's when I was playing it. Um, the there were off-brand games. I don't know who the, the 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 friend of mine that was always the dungeon master. I get, I guess that's what you call him. Yeah. Um He managed to get these off-brand games, and I always had more fun with those. And I don't right. know if my friends did or not. I think my friends always preferred the regular. But I, I didn't want elves and wizards. And I wanted anything but that. Other creatures. Other creatures. Or I know like we played a, a gangster one and a pioneer, you know, or a space travel. And um, but like this is strikes me as much more fun than the goriness. Yeah, <laughs> then, right. Well, here I'll show you. Here's so here's a, uh, a a picture I took last night of our play scene at uh, Benito's, and uh, so Benito's, you know, the lights are turned down. He's got all these candles set up in front of his DM screen, essentially, right? And um, I said the only thing missing was he's got a a, a big flat screen monitor in the middle of his table. Uh, said the only thing missing was he should have had a giant pentagram in the middle of the table, <laughs> you know, right. on screen or something. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun game. Uh, let me see. I've got so what are some of the key, are there any big key differences in between this game and, and D and D like how, how does it, you guys jumped into any real role playing with it yet, or is it just character creation so far? Yeah, we haven't jumped into any role playing yet. Uh, it was all just character creation last night, mm -hmm. and um, but uh, it, there is it is different um, in that the character creation you only have um, four values that you keep track of. Okay, um, persistence, agility strength and toughness and you don't what you do is you roll for it and you roll your 3d6 well for two of them you roll 3d6s and then uh, you figure out what your modifier is so let's say you roll 3d6s um, you get an 18 well then benito looks at his chart and that 18 translates to a plus three okay. so you put your plus three 
in the agility box. And then you do that for one of the other ones. And then for uh, toughness, can't remember, toughness and one of the other ones, maybe persistence, you roll a D20. And But it's a similar thing based on what you roll there. He looks at a chart and figures out what your modifier is. So and, do you do uh, like uh, health or MP or anything of that nature? That's your that? that's figured into your toughness. Uh, you oh, do have okay. hit points, right? Okay. And so you roll a uh, D6 for your hit points. And then based on the character you chose, um, you get to add uh, a point or two or subtract a point or two from that. So, yeah. So um, I and one of the other players, we rolled a three for our toughness, but both of our characters uh, had to subtract two. So we have one hit point. (laughs) (laughs) We're kidding. You're going to die. Have a All right. Pretty much. Now, uh, One of the other characters uh, has zero. Uh, I think Jenna has like two or three hit points. And then the guy that's the Lord of the Flies that has all the flies inside of him, he actually got five. Wow. Rolled a D6, ended up with five, and he had no modifier. So he's your tank. There you go. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) So, but then you also uh, roll... um, Let's see, you roll three D6s, and then you get to add something to that as well. And then whatever that number is, you times it by 10, and that's the number of silver pieces you start out the game with. Interesting. So, yeah, so <laughs> I uh, I rolled uh, three sixes for my goal, for my silver. Of course plus you I did, got... Bill. That's, that's, a I know. that's what Jenna was saying. She goes, this is his luck. This is his luck. Except, you know, my character's got a one for hit points. So I don't know how lucky I am. But anyway, so I ended up with, because uh, I got to add two to that. So I had 20. Mm-hmm. So I ended up with uh, 220 silver pieces. And everybody else is down around 30 to 40. But um, I think that's going to help me because with my hit point being at one, um, I have enough money to buy a suit of solid steel armor, uh, which is 200 silver pieces. Um, so that will, uh, hopefully help me hang around for a while so that I can get some torturing done. Uh, but you go into the game knowing you're going to die anyway. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter what you pick. Um, when right. you start the game, you are only so many days away from the final apocalypse. <laughs> so, you know, you're just trying to survive until the very end, the end of days. Um, now, um, if, so this is a, a bleak, <laughs> horrifying, horrible, mutilated kind of a hellscape that you're in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you might think, well, fuck it. This is so disgusting. I'm just going to end my own life. Right. But it doesn't work that way in Morkborg. No. If you end your own life, that's the only sacrilege in the game and if you do that you come back as a more horrible incarnation of yourself than you were before so <laughs> how, the does, only... how can there be one? <laughs> oh, believe me morkborg finds a way so the only way that you can get a peaceful out of the game is to be killed by something or make it to the apocalypse. Or make it to the apocalypse and die. You're going to die anyways. Yeah, it has to be. 
it has to be, I wouldn't say, you know, uh, our idea of a natural death, but it has to be a death that you don't cause to yourself. Wow. Yeah. It's a tough game. It is. And so you're sitting there in a, in, in a very dark place. It's, you know, room that's lit by these candles mostly. And uh, you're listening to apocalyptic music playing um, as you're in this apocalyptic world. <laughs> and it's actually quite hilarious. So I told everybody wow. that uh, yeah, as we as so next time we get together, we're all in our group and we're going to start, you know, going around. And I said, well, when we go to these cities, we just have to watch out for our guy that's the Lord of the Flies. We don't want to run into the, we don't want to cause a problem where the locals have to call out the police and, and he gets attacked by a SWAT team. Oh God. <laughs> well, that's, that all sounds actually pretty, uh, pretty awesome in a, in a different change of pace from the typical D and D where, yeah, sure is. Out, you know, your elves, your right orcs and humans and right. Uh, wizards yeah. There and, is, there are in this game, no likable characters. <laughs> well, I think wow. you like them all. Everybody. I mean, he'll come to like them because they're so awesomely horrible. But um, and we haven't even gotten to the monsters yet. Yeah, we'll have to do a follow up. Um, yeah. In another episode, if not just a tidbit, doesn't have to be dedicated to it. But right. Right. Sure we'll have follow up with the other stuff going on with D&D. So we'll right. have to throw that in. I'm curious to hear what how that game unfolds, what you like about the differences and, and things like that. Cause it sounds pretty, it sounds dark, but it does sound fun. Like it's it, just it is fun. Different. We had, we had a blast last night just creating the characters because, you know, you get this character, like in my case, the, um, the lustful inquisitor, you know, and then you're rolling for different traits and, uh, stuff that helps you flesh out your backstory. They give you little tidbits. So you have to roll for all that stuff. And yep. it was so hilarious because you would roll and then Benito would look it up in the chart and then read it. And it'd be like, Oh my God, that is so perfect for that character. I could see yeah. that, you know, kind of yeah. a thing. So <clears throat> it was, um, it was quite fun. So I'm looking forward to our first actual gameplay, see who, uh, who survives, but we did also each of us, um, uh, role for a second character last night. Um, we didn't have time to uh, complete all the roles for the character, the backstory, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. We have to do that on our own between now and the next game. So that way, if we get killed in the first game, which is likely, um, we have a, another character to jump in with. So Nice. So you don't want to get too attached to your character. And really, as horrible as they are, I don't know how you could get attached to your character. <laughs> so, so you said something about a backstory. Do you make an elaborate backstory then if your yeah, player's going to yeah. die right away? Yeah, well, uh, how elaborate it gets backstory. is up to you. Um, but uh, Benito said, yeah, uh, you know, create a backstory. We want to hear the backstories. Um, Jenna kind of jumped the gun and already created a backstory. And um, Benito's like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a thing, you know. Um, and Jenna's like, well, no, because there's a, I guess Jenna did some research and there's a, a bad character in Morkborg. And so her backstory referenced that bad character. And I mean, it was like, well, you don't know about that guy yet. So, you know, how could he be in your backstory? And so, but they did work it out. Uh, she explained to him how that fit into the backstory. And Mina's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, that makes sense. So, 
so um yeah so it's 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 pretty hilarious pretty fun and um it's uh gonna be an interesting gameplay i think with all the uh the hideousness jenna she's a bear and she has like a little kid's wagon that she pulls behind her that was one of her when she rolled for her inventory that was what she got like a little uh you know one of those radio flyer wagons is what i envisioned in my mind craziness yeah so are there are there a lot of games out there that are available that are based on sort of loosely D and then yeah, yeah i think there's off? a lot of role-playing type games out there with different game mechanics and it'll be interesting to see how this one plays because with fewer numbers to worry about um yeah um, yeah I a think simpler i think it's a faster faster combat probably so well, well what Maybe what we should do is, and, and this doesn't have to happen soon because it's going to take some time to kind of dig into it, but yeah. we should have a special episode where we cover the different types of games out there. OGL, yeah, right, yeah. based off of WTC or not. Yeah. Um, we should kind of cover some of the big ones out there. Uh, Pathfire, uh, you know, Seth mentioned in another episode, Dresden, yeah. uh, files based ones. Uh, we've got Workboard. Uh, so we should jump into some of those, I think. Yeah, yeah that's idea. a good idea. I like that. I think uh, I think we should definitely plan to do that. So, all right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have any questions about Morkborg, or if you've played it and you have a, a character type that uh, that you like, yep. Did you show the us the character, Seth? I might have missed it. The oh no, I don't think. Did you show the classes real quick? Wasn't there? Oh, a... I just wanted. Oh to see no, the... he did. He he went through the other the pages earlier, which covered. Yeah, those are the page. Those are your those are your character types. I just like the Seth character, and since Seth isn't here, that seemed appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to see if I. You don't have to show it now. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll show it. Uh, Seth will be playing in a future game. He was going to play last night, but he's kind of under the weather, so uh, he wasn't able to make it. But Benito's um, already planning to fire up a second game. So sounds like uh, fun. Yeah, yeah. So we'll keep everybody posted on how it goes. Um, anyway, thanks for watching. Again, uh, post your comments below. Let us know if you played and if you have a character you like, and uh, we will catch you all on the next round. Take care. Have a good Later. one. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.